So do you notice Steve Allen had that nose instrument he did? Um, yes, I did. Um, did a precursor. Did, yeah. So that's like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I know Steve Allen. And I remember he had a show. That's all I knew, basically. In Well, he had a show in like the 80s. Oh, really? Maybe even the early 90s. It was on like USA Network. It was like a little half hour talk show. Wow. It wasn't like the full on like late night kind of production with a stage. It was just like him, like at a table, more like a Charlie Rose type of a thing. Huh. He's nothing if not prolific. Yeah. And um, so that was my main. And I knew he used to have a show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you seem to be much more maybe aware of Steve Allen's repertoire than I am. Did you know he had that little nose horn? I no, I, I don't think I'm any more aware of his repertoire than you. I just I knew him primarily as like, you know, sort of the godfather of the late night talk show. I don't even know if that show was a late night show. I I assume it was. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I assume, I'm assuming a lot here, and I think um, the reason we're assuming a lot of that is because of the groundwork that he laid in the what 50s and 60s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like Letterman yeah. doesn't exist without him. Carson doesn't have the same shtick without him. Leno, obvi- all of them. Conan, all of them. Yeah. Well, I think you know, watching the Steve Steve Allen. Um. Like when I see him, is this like a the thing? Batman situation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. The, the the Steve Allen. The Steve Allen. Let's um, not confuse him with anyone else. These other bullshit Steve Allens. Yeah. I'm talking about the Steve Allen here. Right. The Steve Allen. He, he I forgot what I was even going to say, man. I got so hung up on the <laughs> definitive article before. On the preferred nomenclature for his yeah. name. You were going to yeah. compare him to Letterman. I know what you were Right, right, do. right, right. Well, yes. I mean, so Letterman watching this. So, I so okay. I didn't pick to up clue- as much on that. See, I was just like, this is 100% Letterman, like his mannerism, his way of getting in there. I mean, not perfectly, right? No, he's not nearly as snarky, I don't think. Um, Yeah, yeah, not as snark. Well, he had a lot of snark there. Okay, maybe snarky, but he's not as biting. Like, Letterman could be really biting about things. Right, right. Well, so this was a different... um, yeah. Well, plus this whole segment, right? Having this this young guy, this young crazy guy on here saying crazy stuff and he's playing the bicycle like an instrument. Like that's right. also very much up David Letterman's alley. Like it was just um I mean, I feel like that's up Carson's alley too. Like he'd have elephants come out and pick him up and shit. Like he was always doing crazy shit. Yeah, I guess it's just a different vibe to me. I don't know. Like Carson's mannerisms Yes, it's the same format, right? And so we'd have to go back to where this format started. And I don't know that it necessarily started with Alan, but, you know, the, just that no. whole... Um, yeah, the whole, like, you know, come out, have a desk, talk to people, have a weird segment with a kooky guy kind of thing, late show format. And, you know, I'm not... I'm going back to the thing. Like, I'm not sure this was actually a late show. I think this might have been some kind of, you know, again, there's a lot of weird time, 
times out there in television trying different stuff. They were like doing like late night style, what we call a late night style show, like in prime time back in 62. What was the name of this show that you sent? Was this the Steve Allen show? I've got a secret. Um, I've got a secret. I don't, I don't have no idea what that means. Me either, but I'm looking up his, you know, he was only on the Tonight Show. He was the first host of the Tonight Show, but he was only there for three years. Steve um, Allen was. Yeah. Yeah. It, from, well, four years, I guess. 56 to 60. No, that was yeah. the Steve Allen show. Um, so maybe this is just. But that's yeah, Steve Allen show 1963 is and, what is what we were was what this clip is from. And the Steve Allen show was over in 1960, but it went into syndication from 62 to 64. The, so there is the Steve Allen Plymouth show. Because he put the title of the sponsor in the show. That was 1956 to 1960. That's good placement. And then like 1961 on, it was just the Steve Allen show, I believe. Well, hmm. But were they different networks, different time slots? I don't really know. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was a little too young to remember it as it was happening Oh, yeah, for sure. This is all long ago history for me. Um, this would be like my daughter. You might know yeah. her name's Jules thinking about Johnny Carson, like just some like ancient historical figure. So so here we go. So the Steve Allen show. See, yeah, there's so many permutations and years. I can't fucking keep it straight. There's so many goddamn strands. I know. It's to a keep lot. in the old duder's head. Because this says, <laughs> Wikipedia says, the Steve Allen show is an American variety show. It went from June 56 to June 60 on NBC and from September 61 to December 61 on ABC. And then first run syndication from 62 to 64. The first three seasons aired on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, directly opposite the Ed Sullivan show. So it's not late night, but it right. is. It's like prime time. Yeah. Then on Mondays from 10 p.m. Eastern in the 1959 to 60 season as the Steve Allen Plymouth show. And now, after a season's absence, the series briefly returned Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Would you consider a 10 p.m. time slot late night? No. The syndication version aired mostly in late nights. And this says it ran first run syndication from 62 to 64. So there we go. So this 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 clip of him with the young Frank Zappa. Yes, yeah, Zappa. Went from what he, aired in 63. So this was when he was in syndication. Right. And it ran mostly late nights. But I guess channels could put it on whenever they wanted to. Yeah, so it aired this segment with Zappa aired prior yeah. to 63 we're not yeah. sure when the original you can't put was. some you know <laughs> freak like this guy <laughs> on prime time no and i'm speaking here of zappa of course not yes, mr no. allen mm -mm. although this is like zappa as sort of a staid very respectable young man yes well he was on tv it was 1963 right so he had to behave yeah. himself yeah well he had to dress the part right he has a a little skinny suit on, clean shaven, mm -hmm. and he he's like, 
He doesn't have those wild, faraway eyes or right. hair. Right, he's like, well, I'm a composer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> composer. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um... And he's playing bicycles. Right. At oh. Which is so wild, Steve Allen can't even take it. <laughs> I feel like these hosts... And we saw a similar thing, I think, with Johnny Carson. Like, they had to... I mean, they're in show business. They get it. You know, doing some far out shit. But, like, they're just like, I got to play for the Midwestern people that are like, this is so crazy. My, my, I can't even believe it. Like, you know, feign how insane this is. Yeah, well. And keep poking yeah. fun on the guy. But. Because that's the audience is in. The host is the audience's proxy. Right. Right. And, 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 and you know. But but yes, so we'll put the link to this. We Absolutely. might as well let. We're like ten minutes in. We can actually maybe describe what we're talking about. But yeah, go. You sent it is, to me, so go. Yeah. So this is a clip that I just randomly stumbled upon on YouTube. This is your it's, new it's, like late night talk show lifestyle here. Well, it's the second, and both of them were just completely random. It's not like I'm seeking out. Um, late night talk shows, but I guess the universe is just feeding them to me. Yeah. First was a clip, and this kind of got some attention because it was a newly discovered piece. So, so the first clip I sent you, I'm going to get some context before we get to Mr. Zappa. Yeah, and before Mr. you Allen. describe it, I'd like to know how you got there. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go before how I got there, where because I sent you this clip of Johnny Carson. Right, man, I love Carson. From I don't remember what year that was, sixty. Oh boy, seven maybe. I think it was earlier than that. It was around. I mean, it was post Steve Allen, and he was the host of the Tonight Show until what sixty three or something, right? Were they the same Tonight Shows? Because what about Jack Parr? Uh, you yeah, know, they were different Tonight Shows. What are you talking? There's not different Tonight Shows. Well, Steve Allen's show. Remember, it was on Sundays opposite Ed Sullivan. And then it was in syndication. I, right. It was like a spinoff of The Tonight Show. Because The Tonight Show host before Carson was Jack Parr. Listen. Mr. Incredible. The Tonight Show. The series has been hosted in consecutive order by six comedians. Steve Allen, 54 to 57. Jack Parr, 57 oh. to 62. Johnny okay. Carson, 62 to 92. Jay Leno, twice, because he came back like a dick and kicked Conan out. And Jimmy Fallon. Right. Sure, Carson, yes, 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 57, fine. That's way before our time scale we're even talking about here. Yeah. In this. So, yes, you're correct. Before par. What is your point, dude? <laughs> I'm talking My about drawing a line in the sand across this line. You do not. And also, dude, um, you know, consecutive different spinoffs of Tonight Show. That, that ain't right either. Tonight Show's The Tonight Show. Right. Okay. It's got to be the longest running show on television. I mean, 1954 to present? I don't know. Well, want I think Meet the Press me. gets that honor always. Really? When did Yeah, because that the press probably start? started before 54 somehow. Maybe it started 53, but Meet the Press is always the answer to that trivia question. I've heard it many times. What's the longest running TV series? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is when you're is watching it A, The Jeopardy? Tonight Show. B, Meet the Press. C, The Young and the Restless. Or D, 
47. The Walking Dead or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of the original TV shows, right? Meet the Press. Like, the Walking Dead. It even has a weird non-sequitur kind of old, like, Meet the Press. What does that title even really mean? I've yeah. thought about that what sometime. What does that mean? I guess, like, dignitaries, like politicians, they had to meet the press. Like, that's this is your... This is your like, it's kind of like um, meeting your maker. <laughs> like, this is it. We're going to put your feet over the fire about the shit you're talking about. It's kind of something. a self-flagellatory title. It's like, yeah, you get to meet us, me, the host. Meet us, whoever you are. You're going to come on the show and meet us. We're not meeting yeah. you. Or, you're meeting us. <laughs> or is it the audience gets to meet the press? Here's your chance to meet the press. No, like, you read about it. us in the paper. Now you get what to we're riding, us. but now you get to like meet us on your television screen and see yeah, us. I don't know. Better. I really don't know what it means. Yeah. Well, it's up for like, like any good thing. It, it elicits more questions than answers. Right. And it just like, again, the title might have made sense in 1947, but the meaning is just lost. But it's just the, like meet the press. Everyone knows that phrase. They'll just say it without even thinking like, what does it even mean? Like, right. What it's, was the origin of that title? I don't know. It's more like a symbol at this point. The words themselves are meaningless. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a logo or something. You know, yeah. you're not going to go around fucking with the Nike swoosh. That could become meaningless at some point. It's just an abstraction now. Meet the press. Right. Exactly. With Chuck Todd. Yep. Oh, let's, that's, yeah. Yeah, we will. Just leave it let's, at that. Yeah, just leave it right there. Just leave it. Leave um, it. <laughs> yes. So, this clip of Johnny Carson. Trust me, he was banging around in there, you. too. And I was just like, nope, nope. <laughs> this this like, clip like of Johnny Carson I sent you a while back because it kind of yeah. got, it was, it started banging around the internet because it was like newly discovered. It was from August 24th, 1964. Mm -hmm. So, this was over a year after the Stephen Allen one. And the, and the and the Carson one is in color. More than that, because the Steve Allen one was from syndication, so the original air date of the Steve Allen one was earlier than. This is first run syndication, though. Yeah, but it was recorded during the, like the show itself ran from sixty to sixty three, and then this was sixty four. No, 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 no. So this was first run syndication, which means. It hasn't like, been so, aired before. Yes. Like, like, like normally when we say syndication, I understand like it has this connotation of like, these are reruns from 10 years ago. And now they're syndicated. Right. Right. Like Simpsons originally aired Sunday at 8 PM, but now you can watch old episodes from five years ago, 10 years ago on like every weekday at three right. in syndication. Right. 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 But there's also first run syndication like Star Trek, the next generation. That was first run. That was first run syndication. So the first episode comes out. It means they made the show and then they just put it in syndication. Brad. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're killing me. I don't know what it means. So syndication just means like this doesn't have a home on a network at a time on a channel. It just means it's put out there for stations to buy. I see. Like, just so, like, you know, you can put old, so networks would put old shows in syndication. Like, hey, we are sitting on a, and again, let's go back to the 80s, right? That was my formative idea of the business model of television, right? You had mm -hmm. local channels. Right. You didn't have 50 million channels. You didn't have Netflix, any of this. So it's like, we're sitting on a library of 100 episodes of Seinfeld. What do you do with it? 
Well, we'll just put it out there. Whenever local we feel channels, like it. Local channels will buy it. Right. I get Not that Not the much. network, right? So a local channel, like your local Scranton channel will be like, oh, I'm going to buy reruns of, you know, whatever. Uh, who's the boss? And we'll put that on, right? Like we play our network content from like 8 p.m. until 1 a.m., with a little break in there for the news, local news. And, you know, in the morning, we probably have like a network morning show, right? It's broadcast on all the network affiliates across the country live. But then from, you know, there's these gaps, right? Like Saturday afternoon, there's no network content. There's no national content from NBC during that time. So the local channels are like, well, we're just going to put whatever the fuck what are we going to do with that, right? Well, we're going to buy shows, right? We're make not, our own local shows. God knows we're not going to produce all original content to fill all that time. Exactly. You know? it's impossible. So, so, I mean, if you go back into like the 50s, there wasn't even tele- like a television channel even broadcast all during the day. It would be like, oh, 3 p.m. They're going to like start their broadcast right. or something. It would be the Indian head pattern up until 3 p.m. And yeah. Maybe or they might play time. something in the morning and then go back to the Indian head pattern for like the afternoon. Then, oh, it's like whatever time it comes back, you know, they have a show. Right. 2 a.m. back to Indian head pattern. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. That's but, syndication. I guess so syndication that. is the local channels, these local broadcast channels like WNEP TV 16 in northwestern, northeastern Pennsylvania would just have to, they would put their own programming. Like they would program it themselves so they'd buy reruns they'd buy stuff from syndication right but the stuff in syndication could technically be anything so first run syndication was actually i don't know if that's even a thing anymore now that we have like all these cable channels and um netflix and stuff i don't know that's really an outlet that's interesting but i think back then that was um kind of an interesting outlet so you could produce a tv show and then just put it out there for syndications. There was a lot of things like that. A lot of shitty things. I think first run syndication definitely had a connotation of being shitty. Until a couple shows started to kind of break that mold and become really popular. They might have still been shitty, but they were kind of like Baywatch, for example, was that way. That wasn't a network show that would air Tuesday. Like it was just like first run syndication. And the aforementioned Star Trek The Next Generation, that kind of really put, you know... There's a beloved high quality show, but it was first run syndication. But it was on reliably at the same time, Saturday nights or whatever, at the same time. On it, where you were. Where I was, but that could be a different time, but that's time and day somewhere else. The channel you were watching and bought it and put it on there. Yeah, definitely different times of day. So I'll even tell you, W. So because it was first run syndication, we had cable, we had like New York Channel. Like, so Star Trek Next Generation, here I am. I'm in sixth grade. That is when Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1 came out. Sixth, you were in sixth grade? I was in sixth grade. Holy fuck. I instantly become fucking obsessed. Of course. Mind blown. As David Lynch would say, all the circuits blown. <laughs> right? I don't know if I was quite to that level, but I was taken with it for yeah. sure. Yeah. And um, so... Because I just liked seeing space shit. Yeah. I mean, it worked on all levels. Space shit was, is certainly very appealing. Yeah. So, 
You're in sixth grade. Mind so, blown, so, so I could watch Star Trek The Next Generation Saturday at noon on WBRE. Then Saturday at 7 on either WPIX or WTAF. Then later, WTAF. And I feel like there was an arms race. Because they were like, oh, we put the show on sooner. More people will watch us because there's all this. I mean, ideally, before cable was a big thing, like this type of cable. I think there was probably some rule or something. I don't know. Or maybe just people didn't do it. Like, in one market... One channel would carry a show, right? Like right. WBRE and WNEP weren't both going to do Star Trek. One or the other was going to get it. Yeah, yeah. And then, but because of this thing, again, I had New York channels, Philly channels. But in theory, they could local both, channels. They could both buy it and run it if they felt like it. Yeah, I don't be... know exactly if there was some kind of rule about it or like the syndication people would only sell it to one in a market for some business. I don't really know why. I feel like that is a thing. Like in one market, like they'd have a people would bid or something and whoever was willing to, you know, shell out the most money, they would get it. Yeah. I don't know if that happened for Star Trek or whatever, but like I feel like that's a thing. It might not be, but Right. I mean otherwise you would have yeah, the the show on all the local channels. Right. All three of them. So here I was I could watch it. Here's here's little Brad, sixth grader. I was like, "Fuck! It's Saturday. I get to watch Star Trek." I mean, three I times. I don't think you were that little, relatively speaking. Relatively speaking, that's true. Was so noon Saturday. It was like, "Hey, I don't have to wait till seven to watch the new episode." You know, you w- I wake up on Saturday. I'm like, "Oh boy, holy shit!" I, there's a new episode of Star Trek today. I can't wait. And of course, I would know if it was going to be a rerun or not, like way ahead of time, because I'd look it up in TV Guide or whatever. You yeah, know, I'd, yeah. I'd know. It's like, ah, oh, shit. Like, like a week early, you know. Well, mm-hmm. well, always at the end back then, before they would go to the end credits, they would do like next week on Star Trek, the next generation. And there'd be a little teaser for next week. Yeah. And you could always see, oh, yeah, the episode they teasing a rerun or is it a new one? So mm-hmm. I kind of knew the week before. Right. If next week was going to be new or not. So I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh boy, a new episode today. And I wouldn't have to wait till seven, just till noon. That's it would be on at fucking noon. I was like, yes, noon, WBRE, watch it. Then that, at 7 p.m., I'd watch it again. I'd watch it twice on Saturday. That is It would be crazy, done man. at noon, 1 p.m. It would be done. I'd be like, fuck, just have to wait six more hours. I can watch that again. Yes. Jesus Christ. See, I would just wait until the 7 p.m. showing or whatever yeah. it was airing. Yeah. Like, I'd go play some tennis or something at noon. Right. Well, did you get WBRE growing up? Yeah. Maybe you did. Yeah. yeah. We weren't. Yeah. We didn't live that far apart. Right. And granted, that was only um, for the season one of Star Trek. I think season two, it became too expensive or something. Like, I don't think WBRE carried it anymore. Or they might have moved their showing to seven. I feel like there was some kind of edict where they were like, the preferred time for this show is Sunday, is Saturday at 7. Or maybe they had market reachers saying, like, you are going to get the most ratings Saturday at 7, like, air it then. Because I remember in season two, it seemed like a lot of the channels all went to Saturday at 7. And when I would go on a vacation or travel somewhere else... I would see, oh, Saturday at 7, like, that's, they're playing Star Trek. That seemed to be, like, the time, but there were outliers. 
and I'm going to get to that because this was the arm race I'm talking about because I think eventually people started to be like, well, you know, you, this show is now super popular, one of the most popular shows in the nation. We want to get all the ratings. And now because of cable, like, you know, I'm the Philly, but people are getting Philly channels and New York channels. If we do it earlier, we're going to get more ratings. I'm just hypothesizing about this because slowly the channels would start to play it earlier and earlier and earlier. There was like this arms race until eventually WPIX would be playing it. So normally you'd watch the new episode on Saturday. They would be playing that on the Monday before. Jesus, that seems like a dick move, kind of. So, like, you'd actually, I guess maybe Monday was, like, as early as you could legally show it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it was Monday. They would show, uh, and this was later in the run. They would show Star Trek Next Generation Monday. They would actually show it, I want to say, Monday at 8 p.m. Man, that see, that's and nice. Then, that's a nice gift on a Monday. Yeah. So, so Monday, 8 p.m. The rest of the, if you, if you didn't get that channel, I think you're waiting till the following Saturday at seven to see it. Fuck. So Monday at 8 p.m. They would show Star Trek, the next generation. And then Monday at 9 p.m. Right after it, they would show deep space nine. They like locked up that two hour block there on Mondays. Well, what year was that though? Well, for the last year and a half of Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine also existed. All right. They year, overlapped. Year and a half overlap there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Halfway through season uh, six of Star Trek The Next Generation, that's when Deep Space Nine premiered. Wow. And they, so, so they had a year and a half to do little crossovers. You know, they did the little episode where it's like, oh, you know, part one is on Star Trek Next Generation and like watch the conclusion on Star Trek Deep Space Nine or vice versa, things like that. You know, I might have it reversed and it might have been Deep Space Nine first and then Next Gen. Now that I'm saying it. Wait, what do you mean Deep Space Nine first and then Next Gen? Well, maybe Deep Space Nine was like the teaser. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. The only reason I said that is because they did do that two-part episode. Very loosely two-part. It was more like... But it started, part one was on Deep Space Nine. Part one was a Deep Space Nine episode. The Enterprise docks at Deep Space Nine. And, you know, there's some overlap of the characters and stuff. Dr. Bashir comes on the Enterprise and he's palling around with Data in the Next Generation episode. Worf goes on to Deep Space Nine and starts talking to some people on the promenade and getting weird information. He's networking because he knows like he's going to need a new job soon. (laughs) Right, exactly. And then part two, then then the next episode is It's like art imitating life because Michael Dorn is still pulling that same shit to this day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> all right. So, but like, is, all if, this is to say, first run syndication. You make a show. Well, here, hang then, on though. Before you get back to first run syndication, I want to get back to this. Just close out the two parter thing. Mm-hmm. DS Nine up came first, you say, and then like there was crossovers throughout the next hour, which is the next generation episode. And there's some overlap between them, but like dramatically, they would have to close out each episode's arc. Yes. So the first episode, I'm really confused on this, to be honest. I'm fucking confused. I hate to admit it. So the first episode, two things happened in the first episode. 
the, the, this was a very, it wasn't really a two-parter. It was right. more like two stories, one kind of fed into the other. The first part was Deep Space Nine. Yes, Deep Space Nine. Uh, Enterprise docks at Deep Space Nine. There's kind of two storylines. One, Worf gets information from a weird, like, information merchant or something on Deep Space Nine that his father might still be alive. Mm. And that starts concerning Worf and he starts looking into it. The other plot in this episode is Bashir is hanging out on the Enterprise with Jordy and Data and being all like, you know, fascinated by Data and trying to be like, kind of being like the dude in a way because Data's all uptight. Like, well, I want to be human. Look, I'm going to do this like a human. And the guys, and, and you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Bashir's all like, dude, just chill out. Your thinking on this case is way too uptight. <laughs> like, just come on, relax, right? And Data becomes a little more human. What actually happens is Data, like, has a dream. Data was being very undued. Yeah, he ends up having, like, his first dream. Because, like, Data's talking about how, like, oh, he wants to sleep or whatever. Like, he's been, like, he shuts himself off. I don't know, something. And, and Bashir's just like, well, dude, I can't really do that. He's just like... Just fucking go to sleep. Like, just turn yourself off or something. See what happens. And, like, Data ends up having a dream. They unlodge some, like, dream thing in there. I know that's your favorite thing when Data starts getting yes. emotional. Well, this thing with Data dreaming in the first episode, I'm kind of okay with it. The whole... The, the, then that then follows up with Data having more Data dream episodes, like the cellular peptide cake. And that's... Well, yeah, whatever. But Now, Worf's father potentially being alive... So better be careful because he's going to whip out his bucklet. You better believe it. So the second episode in this series then is Worf. I know so more first, about Vulcan culture than maybe you realize. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, so the second episode uh -huh. is then Worf. It's a Worf episode in essence. He travels to this planet. To, like, see if his father's there and has a, an adventure, a thing happens. Yeah. So that's that's the two, quote-unquote, two-parter. <laughs> but no cliffhangers, like... Yeah, like, the second... I don't think a cliffhanger... Like, there might have been a little cliffhanger. Like, it ends with Worf being like, well, I'm going to have to travel to blah, 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 or something. But a minor thread, not the main yeah. thread of... And then the thread. next episode... Has nothing to do with Deep Space Nine or even really people from like the Enterprise. Cause it's just Worf, really. Right. He go. He Worf goes on this little quest on his own. Oh um, yeah, Worf. Live long so, and prosper, Worf. We hope you find what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So anyway, first run first syndication. First run syndication. So. Yes, so in the case of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry hated on the original series working with the network because the network would give him notes. The suits. So unlike Marty, he did not like it when the network executives would give him notes. <laughs> He's like, I'd really appreciate it if he didn't give me notes. Right. right? No notes. Please no don't notes. even come. Don't even watch it. Don't right. care. Give me the money. Let me do my thing. So he apparently had more freedom doing this in syndication. He's just like, hey, we're going to make this show. 
I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm gonna like I'm gonna, he's gonna cut out one of the middlemen, one layer of executives, I guess. I'm sure there were still multiple layers of executives he had to deal with, but at least one big thick layer was like just sloughed off by mm. doing it in syndicate. That was his plan. He's like, Satisfying. I'm not fucking working with a network because I fucking hate it. Yep. Working the original Star Trek, it was a nightmare. I wanna have more freedom and do it my way. We're gonna make it here and then just go right to the local channels and say, hey, do you want to run this? So it was kind of a... It's revolutionary. Yeah. Teasing, teasingly revolutionary. Maybe not revolutionary, yeah. but... Um, and again, I think first run syndication existed, but like, again, the shows were just pure shit. It was a lot of those like Saturday afternoon shows. And again, maybe it wasn't. I don't know, because maybe a lot of those did come out. No, there were some of them. So another first run syndication show that comes to mind. Remember Small Wonder with the little girl that was a robot? Oh, no. <laughs> you don't remember that? No. No. That was, uh, that. that was, uh, it was like a half hour sitcom are about a family. About, are you talking about Punky Brewster? No. Hmm. It was called Small Wonder. It was a family. The dad like built a robot daughter. You know, it's starting to come back to me and I wish it wasn't. It was like one of these like concepts that I think was more like from the time of like the early, so like like my favorite Martian type of thing, right? You could have more of these like zany concepts, Mr. Ed, a talking horse. What was that pink thing that, I don't know if it was an alien or something. Wasn't there a pink, was it a dinosaur? I mean, I know there was the show that was all dinosaurs. But, a show with a pink thing. Yeah, it was yeah, like a pink know. alien kind of tiny maybe oh god i don't know i don't like thinking about it <laughs> what did this little pink thing do you know it cracked like crack wise and you know it was sort of fish out of water <laughs> where it was trying to <laughs> degrade and like how you know, little was it like six inches not six it wasn't like pigeon sized you know okay <laughs> it was you know, like a small dog maybe like a 40-pound dog that a could... A small 40-pound pink man, in <laughs> essence. Yeah, no clothing, but a bulbous, bulging man. Shiny, perhaps? I don't know if it had a snout. Maybe a, I mean, like a, this like sounds a, like a pretty great premise for a show. Like a pretty short snout, and it's there, and it's the typical, like, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, live in this foreign environment now right. and everything i do is like oh ha 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 you don't know how to drink out of a cup or whatever you know it's like oh i usually just snort the liquid through my like holes on the end of my like blunt proboscis right and uh, like you know friends would come over to the apartment and it's like oh shit where are we gonna put the little pink man but go in the closet right. and the friends like oh i'm gonna go put my coat away Go over to the co no 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 I'll put your coat away, you know right. go, go put it in the bedroom. Of course, then the little pink man would scurry into the bedroom somehow. I mean, this show just writes itself. <laughs> Whoever made this was like a I'm, genius. I might be making it now. I don't know. <laughs> well, you I say I I think you may have invented this, so I say go write a couple. No, I don't like uh, it though. I don't want it in there. <laughs> and you this could be the next big hit. Because it was sort of like, I mean, ALF is 
Right. It's I was thinking like they that al- too. They always do a couple. There's always more than one of these yes. things on. This it is like instead is of the- a brown furry alien, we're gonna make a smooth pink alien. Exactly. Right. There's something like that, but I could be making it up, and like maybe I just had a dream. You're like about- it was a fe- it was like a fever dream. Yeah, it's like how could we make Alf worse, and it's my nightmare. And instead yeah. of like, because Alf, I mean, I hated that shit. Obviously, oh god, I just ooh, ugh, hate it. Yeah, so, I do remember. I don't know. It would infiltrate into there, and maybe like. That's how my subconscious warped it to make it more terrifying to myself. It's always fucking around with me, you know, my subconscious. Mm-hmm. But that's not Small Wonder. No, Small Wonder was a robot, a little girl robot. And did they ever beat the shit out of her? <laughs> you know, I don't think I can't recall an episode where that happened or, you know, the bully in the neighborhood was like hitting her in the back of the head with a lead pipe, smashing her like metal head in. And she's like, malfunction, malfunction. <laughs> and like, I'm just like, system. I, there was, I probably blo- blo- blocked it out. System shutting down and like the <laughs> right. red, like radiator fluid is leaking out. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Maybe that's where, like, that was the trauma. That was the genesis of your, like, hatred of seeing robots being tortured. It could be. I mean, I, have, I, I hate seeing robots mistreated but i also love shows with robots so of course you're walking i mean small wonder i was watching this show i want to say this was i said sixth grade for star trek i think this was earlier than that yes it was oh quite a bit earlier first run syndication from 85 to 89 small wonder was on four years yeah Hmm. i definitely knew it made it multiple years but um, yep, starred Tiffany Brissett and Dick Christie. But I was going to say, you like shows with robots in them, but do you, when you're watching them, is there always sort of that tension? Like, is this the episode where the robot will be mistreated? Oh, sure. Maybe okay. that's why I kind of, yeah, yes. Like, it gives you that, like... It definitely gives fear. me the whole time the robot's on screen. I was like adrenaline's pumping, like, please don't get hurt. <laughs> don't stub your toe. Don't fall over. Right. Don't close your thumb in the car door accidentally. Yeah. Don't make your parents upset so that they send you to mm-hmm. your room and you crawl over to the corner and have your robot tears. Because <laughs> that'll make me cry. <sighs> so at no point was the robot mistreated either emotionally physically i mean i have to imagine in in four seasons of episodes that had to happen otherwise it's a boring fucking show i mean it's a sitcom right it's not a like sci-fi like what are the implications of a man making a robot daughter no i know i'm not saying it was just like more like stupid jokes like like you were saying right like oh shit like her data port and the back of her head is open don't let the neighbor see i'm gonna stand here and be like oh nothing to see here <laughs> like right. that kind of shit you know although the data port being open on the back of her head do you think that caused her any pain or discomfort no it didn't it was it's meant to open so you can like you know plug a little uh you know s- cereal thing into your cereal cable 
Imagine spilling some cereal into her data port. Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, well, thank you. speaking of that, you're giving me flashbacks now to AI. Remember that shit? Oh, my God. When the kid's trying to eat the food oh, to prove he's real. No, I don't remember that. And he gets that. all met. Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, I my don't. God. I, shit, I might have to fucking go away. i to end this episode. All right, I'll just keep going by myself, <laughs> I guess. No, that, that movie is not an excellent movie, but it had some emotional gut punches for sure. But I can't. I don't. I must have blocked the cereal eating part out. That yeah, it wasn't awful. cereal. It was like spinach, or it was. I don't know. Oh God. But yeah. Yeah, you can't eat stuff. His <laughs> face was getting all weird and like melty down one side. Like it was fucked up. It was just a <laughs> fucked up thing. Because oh, he's like shoving this food into his like robot parts. Yeah. Just like cream spinach or something, and it's like fucking them all up. It's not designed for wet stuff. Right. I mean, if you're going to make, though, like a completely like humanoid robot, you can't even tell it's a robot. You got to like have some allowance for that. You should account for it. Yeah. Like it should be lined with some sort of like rubberized, I don't know, something that like if there needs to be some liquid, it can go down in there. Right. Or like use that, use that to do something. Right. Like even better. Like make a like just like humans, like let the food like, you know, they can like burn the calories it can power her systems yeah, turn or something. it into energy of course you know the well that and that's what happened in a small wonder like a mr fusion because she couldn't eat in the first two seasons that was like and she always dressed in this weird like i don't know what to describe it as this weird like uh kind of like very formal like I don't even know what to like with like frilly lace. Yeah, I'm seeing it. Kind of a thing. Like, I don't know. Like, she always was dressed like this, like a doll or something. You but know she, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But she and looked then, perfectly human. Right. For the but most she would kind of stand with like no affect in this like outfit, you know? Right. Um, but in the third season, they kind of switched it up a little bit because I guess doing two seasons of that where. Um, they made some upgrades. Yeah. So she like stopped wearing that outfit, wore like normal clothes and they um, she could eat and drink because that I think used to be a previous problem. Like, again, one of these little like comedy like, oh, she can't eat. So we have to like, oh, this child must be hungry here. eat. Oh, no, she's fine. You know, that kind of thing. But then they allowed her to eat and drink in the third season be an upgrade. They're like, we've done that gag enough. That's a perfectly childlike thing to do, not want to eat. Like, yeah. uh, there are ways to fake eat. We all have done them. You know, you put it on the side of your mouth so it looks like you're eating. Uh, put it into your mouth, and then when no one's looking, spit it into the napkin. You know, there are ways, dude. There are other ways than that. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to know about them. If you have an animal around, it's another way. I'm just saying, that's a that's yeah. a nice, like plot thing to make her seem more human like here here's where like human experience and robot experience overlap there's commonality right but she never got abused well i don't know know of like is there some it could even be like a weird innocent thing like she accidentally gets like an electric shock or something and then she starts malfunctioning oh 
I, you, I still wouldn't want to watch no, it. No, you wouldn't want to see that. Yeah. And this was first run syndication programming. Yes. Small wonder. Yes. But it was one. That, but it was on at the same time, same same days, same bat place, same bat channel, that kind of thing. Well, for your local station again, I don't think it was necessarily not nationwide. Yes, for local right. station, like you yes. could watch it. You knew when it would be on. And right. You could tune in. Yeah. There was a lot of these like shitty, cheap sitcoms that aired like Saturday afternoons in first run syndication. Well, the reason I mentioned. And I watched them all, man. Well, I'm sure you did. I'm, I was raised by television. You weren't going to go the fuck outside ever. No. Um, the reason I mentioned Punky Brewster, though, was I looked up first run syndication. First programming that is broadcast in the United States for the first time as a syndicated show. Some programs such as Jeopardy and Punky Brewster. Mm-hmm. Aired on networks and via first-run syndication at different points during their runs. Okay. Which, that's kind of curious. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like now. Punky Brewster, it starts as a NBC show. They say, fuck it, we don't want to do it. But the company that owns it or whatever is like, well, hey, there's still money to be made here. NBC doesn't want it. We'll just keep making it and putting it out. Yeah, that's just kind of like how now how a show gets canceled and another network picks it up or Netflix says like, well, we'll make another season of it since everyone loves the reruns on Netflix so much. Arrested Development, Twin Peaks. Yeah. Well, those are like almost different in the sense that they're like long after they were done. Yeah, true. They're reboot type things. But but yeah, but I'm thinking I think there was a show there recently. Was, yeah, that there happened. was. There's a couple shows recently. Shows that I don't watch that I read about where that happened. But don't they usually have like a year long break because they gotta like the new network yeah. that's picked it up has to get up to speed and you know. Yeah, there might be something like that. Yeah, but it's not yeah. like ten years or twenty five years. Right, right. It's not like this show's canceled. It's dead. Everyone's moved on, and then five, ten, twenty years later, like, hey, let's bring it back again. Let's get the band back together. Right, right. A little different. Yeah, but so all this is to say first run syndication. So the Steve Allen show from 1963, that's when it was actually from. It wasn't like a rerun from five years ago. It was first run syndication. I'm glad we can close the book on that one because that (laughs) was confusing me. Right. So Steve Allen. So thank you. So 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 there's this. So I want to go back to Johnny Carson. Mm -hmm. Because a couple weeks ago, I sent you this link. It might have just been actually like a week, week ago. I sent you this leak. Yeah. It's Johnny Carson from 1964. It's color, and I guess this was recently unearthed. Someone found it. Wait, that was color? Yeah. I remember it being black and white. <laughs> no, the 19. that's part of what was so unique about it. It was a color broadcast of The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson from 1964. Sorry, I'm scrolling and, and back through the timeline here past uh, Tommy Cash, Pussy Money Weed, Deontward, yes. Banana Brain. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> yeah, I have it here somewhere. I had it opened. We got uh, Tony Base Basil Basil Basil. I don't know. Seventy three. I always said Basil Basil. Ba- like, yeah, basil. Like the like the, the, the herb. herb. Yeah. But you know, maybe it is like Basil or something. That kind of makes more sense in a way. It does. Tony Basil. It? Tony Basil. It doesn't sound great. Weird Al. John Goodman. Oh, come on. Yeah, we should. Too many. I mean, I can just send you the link if you want. I, it, if you have it right there, that would be nice. Yep. Here. There it is. Because that's like, man, it wasn't that long ago that you sent me, and already no. my memory of it is 
has been deteriorated. Yeah. yeah. So I guess this is a weird, Jesus this is rare because a lot of footage of these old Tonight shows, I mean, are just lost. They don't exist. It's insane how that happens. Like they would, ju- I don't think they would bother recording them in a lot of sense. They're just broadcast live. That's so fucked up. And back then, the way you would actually record a thing is you would set up a television to project it and set up a film motion camera to record that television. For realsies? Yeah, there wasn't the idea of, like, recording this electronically somehow. I could be wrong. You know, somewhere if there's some technical do-fucker is going to explain this. That that's, I mean, maybe in 64 that wasn't true. Definitely back earlier, like in the 50s, that was 100% true. Wow. And a lot of this stuff, it was just aired live. Like, you know, Walter Cronkite would go out and give the news. Like, no one was, like, recording it. He would just yeah. do it, and it would go in everyone's living room and be done. There was no way to, like, go back and see it again. Talk about appointment television. Jesus. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a way to say, well, let's bring up what he said last night. Like, you couldn't necessarily do that. Um, and, like, networks, I guess, weren't like, well, let's just record everything for posterity. Poster- Darity. They're just that. They're just like, well, it's just television. Who the fuck or, cares? Or prosperity. Or prosperity, right? But I guess this is a rare because it says here in this description of this something weird, like some like channel, like some television station in California somewhere, like recorded this broadcast for some reason. This guy found it. Wow. There's, I can't read it now, but yeah, in the backstory of this, so... Some of the oldest surviving color footage of Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. August 24th, 1964. Hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah, this is a fascinating story about how he was pissed working with the networks because his monologue. Right. So he, like, jacked up the entire format of the show to put his monologue, his opening monologue, 15 minutes into the show. Right. Because some networks were playing, like, news or some shit. Yeah. Like, some channels, a lot of channels had 15-minute news at 11 o'clock, but other channels had half hour. So his show would start at 11.15, but, like, half the country didn't get him until 11. They would miss the first 15 minutes of his show. Ugh. So he was like, well, the monologue's the most important part. That's a great, like, I don't want half the country to miss it. So for the first 15 minutes, I'm not going to come out. Right. Ed McMahon would fuck around and they'd play some music. Right. (laughs) I mean, I got to hand it to him. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. I tip my hat to you, sir. Yeah. He's one of the greats, man. Yep. But so I'm watching this and... Pretty concurrent. Is that the right word for the Steve Allen one? Like they were. Um, yeah, the Steve Allen one was a year earlier. A year earlier, but for all intents and purposes. The, well, the one thing that struck me in these two footages, and of course we'll link both these. So the Tonight Show opening, because I mentioned this to you also, that Tonight Show opening. And I understand it's live TV. It's 1964. They don't have like the computerized or electronic technology. Right? Like the band starts playing the music, you know, dun, 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 dun. again, that music still survived. Because that was the same music me growing up that they had. Right. Do they still use that theme for like, uh, what's his nuts now? I have no idea. I've never really watched the Jimmy Fallon version. Me Other than like little clips on YouTube here and there. Yeah, I don't watch him. I don't support him. Okay, so this was recorded on two inch quad videotape. 
On an Ampex AVR1. Yeah. Well, it was recovered using that. Oh, I see. But yeah. So they did have a way to like actually record shit onto tape. So, re- not, but I guess I just didn't bother recording a lot of this shit. It's great. Well, it's every night, you know? Yeah. It's like, why we record it? It's just like, it's like, I mean, like if you listen, like, I mean, it makes some sense. Like if you listen to the radio, like tune into your local, like top 40 station, are they like recording all the broadcast 24 hours a day? So like it's there. Like if you want to go back, what did the DJ say? Five. Let's let's listen to like his his patter from a year ago. Can you do that? I mean, they didn't have H two six four or MP three technology in the sixties. <laughs> right. So like you know, storage they was need, expensive as shit. They're not. Yeah, and do they would that. need to get like airplane hangers. Yeah. To like one after another, just store all the tape of this stuff probably for so. posterity, and there would be no prosperity in that. Right. It'd just be a waste of resources. Crazy, but now it would be unthinkable to just like air something without recording it. Exactly. Is there anything that airs on any television anywhere or on the internet? Well, obviously, if it's on the internet, it's been like it's there now. I mean, not necessarily. It can still go away. Like if you're live streaming on like Instagram or Periscope or something, I think that shit is gone. You don't think they keep a copy of it? Hard to say. Hard to say. Hard to say. Those could be the exceptions. Yeah. But, you know, most of the stuff you watch, like, it's it's locked in. So, anyway, the opening for the Carson show, you're saying, like, yeah, there's the shots titles. of the city stuff and the titles. Like, they had to yeah. do all this live somehow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they didn't, I don't know. I'm sure the shots of the city and stuff, I don't know. They were. They could have been taped. But like they made like the they they're the announcers reading like, oh, today on the show, Sherry Lewis, Henny Youngman, Tommy mm-hmm. Dorsey Orchestra. Right. Mm-hmm. And like it's so obviously like just written on a I don't know, a piece of glass and they're moving a piece it. of glass and they're like slowly moving it. Like you can tell like it's not in any kind of like <laughs> regular, um, you know, speed. It's really like it kind of goes and slows down and like quicker and like you can even probably it's you can little, feel the movement of the guy's hands like doing what like turning the crank or whatever that's moving this. And they're a little crooked. Yeah. And it's all crooked and weird <laughs> and going at a weird angle like over top of this. Like it's just like, whoa. But I'm like, hey, that was the technology they had at the time, I guess. You know, if we were around in 1964, we would have been pretty gobsmacked by these titles. Like, wow, look at the production I don't understand how they did it. Words just appeared in the air and started moving. (laughs) It was like, I've never seen anything like it. I'm gobsmacked. This is live television. How are they doing it? Uh, But the reason I bring that up is this Steve Allen thing I sent you. So I, a week ago, I sent this Johnny Carson thing because, again, I thought I thought the Johnny Carson thing was just an interesting time capsule. Yeah. Because right. I saw it online like, oh, this footage, rare early footage of Johnny Carson, blah, blah, blah. Here it's like, oh, I'll check it out. You know, it's like like the first 10 minutes of the show or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that's interesting. Like, it's like I could I was transported back to 1964. Yep. Like 
I don't understand almost... any of his jokes or references. Right. And even just the way he kind of moves and his affect, like in some ways it's just like, this is exactly like today. And in other ways it's like, this is weirdly foreign. Yes. It was a weird mix. Like, and on one hand I was like, I couldn't believe how just modern it seemed. Like yes. it's no different than Stephen Colbert today. But this other time I was like, it might as well the have been vibe the- is so weird and like not compatible with today at the same time. Like it was, it's a weird thing. Yeah. It was, it, smacked of like 1920s and today in the news we have the <laughs> Hindenburg oh the humanity that like it had a little bit of that sort of thing yeah, to it a little bit of that a little bit and I didn't feel like Steve Allen had any of that no well that was the thing I wanted to say and even Steve Allen like the opening of his show yeah you know like it had like an opening kind of like sequence now granted they didn't do like Titles floating in the air. Well, they did do one. They did the Steve Allen show kind of came in. And it's coming towards you, which had to be like, holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah. But then after that, they have these weird kind of like, you know, a bunch of still images, like one after another. They kind of like, it's nowhere near simulating movement, but it's obviously a sequence of him doing crazy stuff. It is simulating movement a little bit, though. Yeah. Like only two frames worth. He's here and then he's moved forward a little bit, but that's definitely... Yeah. The intention. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, it's, again, a, per, a stylized thing. It, it, but, again, it seems to me so modern. Oh, totally. Totally. Like, like, not what I would have expected, especially after watching Johnny Carson's weird cr- hand-cranked thing. Like, it just, it, it, I was blown away, 1963. And, again, this reminds me a lot of, and, again, I guess there's only 20 years difference between this and, like, early Dave Letterman, which is also weird to think about. But No, not Yeah, even. it reminded me of, like, like, you know, the openings to, like, Saturday Night Live, even today, or, like, yes. Dave Letterman show. Yes. But here it is in 1963. Yeah, crazy stuff. Like, here he is with, like, a leather jacket. <laughs> And like, uh, you know, like greaser style hairdo with his uh, co-host and they're like having a knife fight in an alley. But it's yeah. just a bunch of images like, oh, here they are. Part of their club. Oh, oh, not, oh. It's just weird. But it's not that weird. It's weird that it was in 1964 or whenever, 63. Yeah. But it doesn't look weird. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks very cool. It is very cool. So get and this. Letterman's show. Late Night with David Letterman premiered 18 years after this Carson clip. That's it. Yeah, that's it. No, that's true. That's crazy. And that early Dave Letterman stuff. Well, even the early Dave Letterman stuff, because I've watched some of that and I've talked on the show before what a huge Letterman fan I am, yeah. and especially the early years. He was my go-to. They would play those reruns on Arts and Entertainment Network. When I was like in junior high and high school. In syndication? It wasn't syndication. <laughs> this was not syndication. This is a different way reruns can be played. But it was on like at 6 p.m. Like every, every, every weekday. And I'd watch them all. And I'd watch the new shows then too. Like I was just like obsessed with David Letterman. I was obsessed with the late night talk show format. Mm-hmm. Which is also like I watched this Steve Allen show and I'm just like, I don't know what it is. There's something about this like old school. I don't know. There's just something about it that I'm just fascinated by and I just love. I'm just drawn to. 
But even watching some of these old Letterman shows, there is in the 80s, even though I'm like, well, I grew up then. I can remember when even when some of this stuff was new. At the very least, if I don't remember that, because maybe when I was like eight, I wasn't watching David Letterman, but I was aware of the world then. But there is a weird... Um, Anachronistic feeling? Yeah, like, like you don't quite see things like this that are as unpolished, I guess. To you know, you mean even today? that's the big difference today. Like you watch the Colbert show. He might even do a zany stunt or something. But it's like they edit it up. They pre like, like like they did the thing. And I guess you can also argue, am I just a sucker? Did they plan it to look so? I don't know. Like the classic clip of Larry Bud Melman being in the Port Authority, welcoming people to New York City. I don't know if you even have any idea what I'm talking about. I may not be as classic I'll, as you I'll, think, or maybe I'm just out of step with the I'll world. I'll dig this up, and, and and we'll put this in the show notes also. Okay, what is it? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's Larry Bud Melman welcoming people to New York City in the Port Authority. This is a bit on, the, on Late Night? Yeah, it was on, on David Letterman's show. So he would like kind of go live. They'd have a remote... To Larry Bud Melman in the uh, Port Authority, like talking to people, like coming into New York City, being like, oh, you know, what are you doing here? Why did you come to the city? Welcome. Here, have a moist towelette. He would give him a, not a moist towelette, he'd give him a, a, a hot washcloth. You know, a, one of those like steamy hot washcloth things. Yeah, they feel good. He had good. like tongs. He would like give him one at the end, give everyone one. But like, Don't you know, it was just, good. but it was just chaos. And granted, yes, fine, controlled chaos. I don't know. But again, it was so like kind of like rambling and it went on so long. <laughs> like, I don't I just don't see that. Like, I can't I can't quite see that on Colbert or or Jimmy Kimmel or Fallon today. You know, we don't have time anymore for long format jokes, yeah. like a joke that goes on for five minutes, a joke that goes right. on for about four and a half minutes too long. Yeah. There's just not the attention span for it. Like tastes have changed, uh, you know, production. Well, I feel like it's also people are it. just too square, like the networks. They're like, we need to make this. We're going to boil this down into the most entertaining hour we can. Like, OK, we have a clip of a guy at the Port Authority. We'll use 30 seconds of that. The best 30 seconds and like move on. I don't know. So Letterman was carrying the torch of uh, fighting the suits, just like Carson in his monologue, Alan pushing the boundaries, having Zappa on there for <laughs> 15 minutes playing the bicycle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Zappa. Uh, there, how... Uh, well, I guess we talked about him a little bit, yeah. A little bit. No, there's Frank not enough Zappa. time. Frank Zappa is the guest, 1963, little Frankie Zappa. Was this his first TV appearance? I guess. Maybe so. Seems like it. Had to be. 63 and like, how would we know your work? I scored, what, the worst sinner in the world or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that whole story about scoring the movie. It's an independent production. <laughs> right. Like, oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah, there's too much to go into for that. Yeah. I mean, I, well, again, it's a sixth. I'm looking at it right now on YouTube. It's 16 minutes and 28 seconds long. And almost all of it is like 
Alan talking to Zappa and Zappa describing how they're going to do this thing and how he plays the bicycle. Yeah. Crazy. And like, this is what passed for it. If this wasn't what passed for entertainment, like Alan was doing something like pushing the boundaries. Well, I have to say it was fucking entertaining. I, I watched, watched the, the whole, whole thing. So did I, I started it and I thought, well, maybe after a minute, I'll just shut it off. Like I do a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. I watched the whole all 16 and a half minutes. Me too. I would have watched an stop. hour of it. I would have kept watching. It was pretty good. And like the band, they were game, you know? Yeah, everyone went on. Well, when he had the, so, yeah, so they're making this cacophonous noise. His production here, playing the bicycle, his composition. <clears throat> excuse me, improv composition. Well, he asked the like announcer guy to start reciting poetry. Right. When that happened, it brought the whole thing together. I thought. Oh, I I agree. I was like, oh shit! Like now I'm into this. Like I want to hear more of this. Like <laughs> poetry, this announcer's voice. Like that was the little thing that I think kept it from being pure chaos. Yeah. Into chaos. Um. Contract. You know, right? Like I've said many times. You know, making art. It's like trying to find that balance between. Uh, unity and contrast, right? And mm -hmm. it was all just contrast. Right, right. And when that guy brought that in, we had that balance and it worked. It's like the taste sensation. <clears throat> when I guess it was all unity because it was all just random shit. Collides with ham. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. It, it started off and it's like, you know, before they started playing, he turns around to the the whole band and it's like I want everyone to play but don't play musical sounds it's like right I, make uh, noise with your instruments but don't noise, play right. musical notes right I don't want musical notes so you're like all right is this gonna work and be awesome even though it has no business being awesome and they start going and he's got the bow and he's playing the spokes he's got Steve Allen playing the spokes right. of the one bicycle wheel with a bow and then Steve Allen's got an overturned bicycle. It's upside down. Or no, I guess Allen had that one. He's playing the right side up one. He's blowing through the handlebars, which are hollow, making this little whistling noise. And he's like, tick -tick 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 with drumsticks, like on different parts of the. But like at first, it's just like, well, that this isn't working out quite like <laughs> right. I had hoped it would. <laughs> I, I was hoping for some like, holy shit. That's awesome. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I kind of expected it to be like, oh, he's going to actually start playing real music on this bike. Like he right. has it tuned or something. But right. no. Yeah. No, nothing like that. It was just chaos. You're absolutely right. When he had the announcer guy start doing the spoken word shit, it's like, oh, my goodness. And then it, you could like almost picture a movie scene that this could be scored to of like, yeah. I don't know, somebody tripping out. Like a scene out of Easy Rider or some I don't know. And that, at that moment, for a little while, it was like, all right, I, th I think I got a little peek into your your vision here, Zappa. Whew. So have you listened to a lot of Zappa? I haven't listened to a whole lot. Any Zappa? I find it a little inaccessible, although I might be willing to uh, try it again, especially after watching this Zappa on the Steve Allen show. 
he definitely Zappa definitely sold himself to me in this. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna might revisit it. I I I, I do. Yeah, I have a hard time with Zappa. I will say I've 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 not been able. I've never really penetrated the surface. I found the surface somewhat inhospitable, and I'm like. I don't know that I want to dig deeper right now. You dipped your toe in and the water did not seem welcoming. Yes. Um, That's exactly my experience with Zappa. I've listened to him exactly one time. And for like, but I listened to like 15 or 20 minutes of it. Mm -hmm. It was one of his like longer form compositions. I don't know. I don't really know much about the man. I don't know if maybe all of his shit is like this or if he does like traditional three, four, five minute songs. But this was something that was rambling and like, I don't think it was definitely not improvised, maybe elements of it. Like it's, it's a composition. And initially I was like, what the fuck is this? And I just imagined, I think I had for a moment, just a moment, I was able to experience what you experienced the first time you heard sticks. No, exactly. That's exactly it. I was going to say that because this happened with us together. I I remember this. Oh, wow. Yes. Because when I, because I, yeah, because I told you it was that same day I was explaining to you, like, you know, when I heard, because we're we're again talking sticks, like we tend to do a lot. And I was Mm -hmm. like, when I first heard that you played sticks, I was just like, I don't understand what this is. (laughs) Is this even like, like, what kind of music is this? What like it was just like so alien to me. I was like, I don't know what I'm listening to. It's weird. I don't like it. Like, what the fuck? I thought you were engaging in more typical Brad hyperbole. You but you were. I, I thought you were at the time. Yeah. But then later that day, some Frank Zappa's playing, and it's just like, and you were like, okay, I think I get it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I everyone's like, Frank Zappa's so awesome. Right. Wow. Frank, listen to this. And it's just like, what the what fuck is this? The fuck? It's just like random notes and a guy like, Talking about taking a dump. Like, I don't, what the fuck? Like, I can take some weird shit. I like weird shit. But this was a different dimension of, it wasn't even weird necessarily. It was just completely unfamiliar. Maybe maybe that's what weird means. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's the definition of weird. I don't know. But like, I don't know. I like Lynch. Lynch can be as fucked up and strange as possible and i'm all in i like it but this was like like eventually i could understand where he's coming from with his music it's like okay i i think i'm getting it i think i get it now but that's not to say i liked it not sure i have never gone back and revisited so i couldn't have liked it that much right I'm going to try to revisit. I will another too. Another similar act that I have the same problem with is Captain Beefheart. I don't think I know anything about Captain B- Beefheart. Yeah, you don't even know the name? It's a tiny little insect that goes around. What? Yeah, a little, a little bee. Exactly. A little bee. He's got some, you know, ate some beans for lunch. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Must have been that bean he had. Exactly. No, but, I've I've heard of Captain Beefheart. I I know the name. 
He yeah. looks like that wizard that's always running for public office. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, and I listen to his music, and again, like, like it feels like, is it just like a joke? Like, all these people that, like, love music are all like, oh, it's, like, so important, so influential, like, really, but it's just like, I don't know, this is not, well, I come just like, it's not. Because Vermin Supreme is wearing a boot on his head, and it's obviously, like, in intense satire. I guess like he is just making fun of all of these people. He's sprinkling fairy dust over the clearly homophobic um, guy running. Are you talking him. about Vermin Supreme now? I'm talking or about Captain Vermin, Beefheart? Vermin Supreme okay. now, just because I feel like Vermin Supreme's idea of running for public office is the same as Captain Beefheart. And this is just from a cursory look at some internet Google results of Captain Beefheart. I feel like Captain Beefheart occupies the same space in the music world as Vermin Supreme does in the political world. And then like people who vote for Vermin Supreme, they don't earnestly want him to win the office. It's just a vote to try to burn the system down. Yeah, but, maybe. But people who listen That's to That's a Captain, good analogy, maybe. Yeah. People who listen to Captain <sighs> Beefheart, are they just trying to say like fuck music and uh, like all whatever or do they honestly enjoy it well here's what i'll say about captain beefheart i have some so one i just feel i have to we have to give a shout out to his song her eyes are blue a million miles mm -hmm. and i say his because like is captain beefheart a band or a guy like i don't don't know i think it's the name of the man okay like because it says on Google, you put in Captain Beefheart, it says Captain Beefheart, American singer-songwriter. It doesn't say, like, band or something. Okay. So he, his song, Her Eyes Are Blue A Million Miles, featured in the Big Lebowski soundtrack. Oh, We've covered right. it before. It's playing while he's listening to the uh, answering the scene messages. Huh. Uh, you know, you, you, you're... That's not offensive. A Walter Sobchak is... Uh, you know, I report he was brandishing a firearm. If true, this contravenes a number of number leagues bylaws. bylaws. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh -huh. I believe that's the scene where it's playing. Okay. Um, the other thing I'll say about Captain Beefheart. So, one of my favorite musicians, Jack White, cites Captain Beefheart as a reference, as an influence, a lot. And Jack White does do a cover of a Captain Beefheart song, um, Party of Special Things to Do. And when he does this live, it's so fucking amazing. And at first, I didn't even know it was a cover. I was like, I have no idea what fucking song this is he's doing. But I didn't know it was a cover. It was original. Like, where is it from? Is it a B-side? But I was just like, this is so awesome. Hmm. Um, there's a... Uh, a, a performance he did on, and I've sent you the link to it a long, long time ago. I don't know if you watched it, where he did, uh, it was White Stripes, Jack and Meg, and they did um, Blue Orchid. Blue Orchid? Is that that song? Wild Orchid? White Orchid? Blue Orchid? You've got a Blue Orchid? A Blue Orchid? I don't know. Their Orchid song. Yeah, Blue Orchid. Blue Orchid. But then it, like, 
halfway through, it's kind of like a medley. It switches to them doing party of special things to do. It's probably my favorite clip. My favorite piece of White Stripes music is that. And that's that a- performance that was on like a UK TV, them doing it live. It rocks so fucking hard. And that's Jack and Meg. It's Jack and Meg. Meg fucking. Oh my God. She blows. Uh, it's just. It's the greatest piece of White Stripes material as far as I'm concerned. That's a heavy claim. It is. There's some good ones. There's some like close runner ups, a lot of them. But this, I think, is just. And I think it also has to do with the way it was recorded, because you listen to this in the headphones, the sound of the guitar, her fucking drums, the tone, like, it's, oh my God. And this is a live Hard performance, com- like, on Live TV performance. Hmm. Anyway, he switches in the party of special things to do. It's amazing. And eventually I learned, oh, that's a Captain, he's covering a Captain Beefheart song. And I'm like, well, I fucking love this. Let me listen to the original Captain Beefheart. And it's like, no. Nope. I do not like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, leave it to Jack White to take something and make it uh, yeah. infinitely well, I mean, better. He, do, he does. It's the same song. It's obviously recognizable as the same song. Jack White does it like a, you know, hardcore. His weird mix of like blues with garage band heavy metal thing that Jack White has. Like he does it in that style. And it's fucking amazing. I think it's not necessarily the music, like the composition. It's it's Captain Beefheart's weird ass affect and style that just puts me off. Oh, here you are. You're playing it up. Is it live from the basement? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. This is a good song. But this transitions. Yeah, like about halfway through. Yeah, I like this song. I'm going to try to find the transition. Yeah. Yeah, Meg is killing it. Yeah, here. Leave it right here. I think. Maybe not. We're very close. So there. Shit. We're going to have to post a link to that shit. Yeah. I've watched that video countless times. I put on my 
high quality studio headphones I'm recording right now, I crank up that volume <laughs> and like the fucking You gotta be drums. careful, you could hurt yourself. Yeah. The well and also this and also the video that goes with a watching them do that, like yes. fucking Meg. Yes. Is killing it. And her way, she's fucking like, I don't know. I, I don't know what she's doing. Her head goes this way. Head goes that eyes. way. Oh, she's doing all of it. <laughs> she's like really fucking working them over. And and her tongue, that's the thing, again, as someone who's watched a lot of White Stripes live on YouTube, like she does that thing where her tongue sticks out, which is actually something I kind of do. Huh. Like, if I'm concentrating really hard, my tongue starts to do weird things. <laughs> I mean, that could come in handy sometimes. Like, I'm playing a video game, and it's a really tough, complicated thing, and, like, my tongue starts, like, oh, like, you just kind of lose control of it. It's got like, a mind of its own. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, she does the same thing. She's like, I'm trying to fucking keep this beat. Like, ah, her tongue starts coming out. I love it. He's playing the guitar one-handed occasionally <laughs> yeah it's crazy because he's holding the mic and like sometimes he's using his left hand like his chord making hand right to like somehow go and i don't really understand how he's doing that and then yeah, like, he's just he's he'll start strumming again with his right hand but he's holding the mic in that hand too so like that's probably picking up some of that yeah it, it's, it's just, just crazy intense. yeah and and yeah and yeah, and again, the sound, it's such an amazingly full sound from just the two of them. I mean, that's part of their shtick, but... Yeah, I don't know how they do it, really. I mean, his guitar tone in that, that he got fat. for both White Orchid and then for this Captain Beefheart thing. It's fat with, like, yeah. sharp, jagged edges on it. Yeah, it's just, it's the heaviest guitar tone now i know i'm gonna get shit for this if anyone actually is listening to this but <laughs> for me for my money it's the heaviest guitar tone i've ever heard i mean i think you can definitely make the argument without it's getting the exact shit. opposite of metallica ride the lightning oh. not ride the lightning master of pop no oh, um, um and justice, justice for, for all, all. Mm-hmm. where the guitar the guitars buzz thinly that's so this is the very opposite of Thinly buzzing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think um, you're going to get shit for that. Like, people could make an argument for something else, but I don't. Well, no one's going to say they would prefer the Metallica for sure. Oh. But. Well, now you've done it. Yeah. Put on. So, here, since you're playing this, and I assume the listener can hear this too. They right? can, but, you know, it doesn't sound great. It does great, but it gives them an idea. Why don't you f- fire up the Captain Beefheart version? All right. A party of special things to do. Do you want me to fire up the YouTube version or just like play it on Spotify? I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, if you do Spotify, it might be more canonical or something. Yeah. No ad. And you know, you're not getting some weird version or something. Party of special to do. Uh, The first five results are white stripes versions <laughs> yeah because they did release a little ep early on in their career of uh like it was like three uh covers three different songs three different tracks that are covers of captain beefheart and his magic band right let's not give let's not forget them and proud we are of all of them it's not in the top 10 of his songs so now i need to 
I guess well, can I you just put party of special things to do? I did, um, but I figured it would come up in the first results, and I didn't. And wanna... then do, and then do beef heart after it. Yeah. Like search for it all. It'll all work. No, did not work. Um, you're right. Why doesn't that work? Is it maybe not in here anymore for some reason? Spotify lost the the rights. Songs, see all. Yeah, that's where I didn't want to go. But it's not there. I'm not sure what happened. Do we know what year this came it out? Might have, it probably disappeared. It's not. I mean, it would be here. Party of special things to do. We're Googling it now. Well, we're just going to have to go to YouTube then. I guess we're going to have to. I mean, it's a fair comparison. We played the White Stripes on YouTube. Yeah, so. and it was a live version, White Stripes. Yeah, this is it. If you go to this first one that goes up on Google from White Striped Elephant. The camel wore a nighty. Is this it? Yep. In the party of special things to do. Hating it. Well, love without separation. In the party of special things to do. It could happen to me, it could happen to you. I meant to ace of love. She said, I want you to go to a party of special things to do. Yeah. What's it? Wait, it's doing something here. It wasn't here. hard to find Elixir soon. I met all the cards. The wild cards. The one-eyed Jill. The red queen. She turned her head. You know what I mean? She turned it back and said, I got a brand new game I want to lay on you. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, it qualifies as music. <laughs> I, I think you're letting your intense love for the white stripes yeah. color your opinion of this well, song. Yeah, maybe. I mean, no, listening to it again now, it's not as I remembered it. I mean, I just think his weird Wolfman Jack like delivery. It's a little overwrought. really turns me off. A little overwrought. Yeah, it just really turns me off. It's just an aesthetic thing yeah. that kind of grates on me, and so fine. I don't love that either. Great, but like innovative band, I guess. Funky but, guitar, nice beat you can dance to. Like, well, even can, the weird funky guitar, I'm not really a fan. Again, aesthetically, like you can hear Jack White in there. Yeah, and I can hear Jack. I mean, it's definitely without a doubt. Like, yeah, Jack White just—it's the same song, but. 
I don't mean the same song. Like you can hear how Jack White was influenced by right. this. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. True. Well, I'm gonna have to re-listen to Captain Beefheart now. I'm gonna I have, have to some give homework. Him, yeah. Me too. Captain Beefheart. Yep. And Captain. Uh, and Tennille. And Tennille. And uh, Captain Morgan. Morgan. Captain Picard. Ca- <laughs> Kangaroo. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So captains, hey, I'll eat some captains wafers. Captain Crunch. Some Captain Crunch. Maybe some Oops, just Crunch Berries. Oh, well. You're not a fan of that. Keep it classic. Yeah, actually, I think I prefer Captain Crunch without the Crunch Berries. Even I don't need the Crunch Berries in there. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to mix it up with some Crunch Berries. I haven't eaten cereal in years, so. The thing I mentioned, oops, just crunch berries, because I thought it was an odd, I'm not, you know, fitting with the free association nature of this podcast, I'm just going to talk about this now. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, so I watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe show that airs on ABC. I'm not going to judge you. Um, it actually, like, the last couple of years have actually been pretty good. I'm actually going to say, like, the show is def- they definitely found a way to be like, let's just fuck it all. Let's just fucking do whatever. Blow the doors off. And I'm like, hey, this is pretty fun. Amazing what happens. But there's an episode where the main character, Phil Coulson, you know, beloved character from the original Avengers movie and the movies that led up to it. He's the main character of this. Who's Phil Coulson? He was the guy in Avengers. He's like one of the agents, right, working under Nick Fury. He's like the guy with the like soft spoken voice, the suit. He like has the Captain America trading cards. He gets killed by Loki at the end. Well, I don't remember that, but whatever. Yeah, it's 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 like the the turning point to bring the Avengers together. Like, oh, our friend. Like, we all have problems, but Phil was such a pure, nice guy. Like, he was the glue that bonded them. They're like, we got yeah, but of course, it turns out that Nick Fury manipulated them by kind of like playing on their the the death of Phil to get them to like suit up and man up and do this. Not a big fan of Nick Fury. I don't trust the guy. Yeah, he kind of like, you know, fudged the details and he stuff. He fudges. He operates a little under the yeah. current. Yep. A little So, anyway, Phil is the main character of this show. And there's just an episode where he's going to get breakfast. While he's a prisoner in a Hydra base. Okay. And, and he's they allowed a little, to move about freely? And yes, he's breakfast? allowed to move about freely. Because they're like psychologically being weird to him and stuff. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So he goes up to the... There's like a little breakfast bar. And there's cereal there. And he's making cereal. And the cereal is, oops, just crunch berries. <laughs> it's just a weird detail, I thought. He's there pouring cereal. Well, Hydra spared no expense, right? (laughs) Exactly. I'm just like, hey, that's an interesting... I don't know why. It just tickled me. Maybe he requested it. Here's Phil Coulson (laughs) eating Oops Just Crunch Berries. (laughs) That is, you know, that's a curious detail. It was probably like the production designer's favorite cereal. And they're just like, I'm going to put some fucking 
oops, just crunch berries <laughs> in there. That's how it happens sometimes. Yeah. Fuck, bro. All right, so we want to get down to it here. I have a whole list of things to talk about. Sure. <laughs> so do I, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I'll put it in the revisit section for yeah. next time. Yeah. Wanted to get into some more mushroom talk, obviously. Okay. The last week or two has been very, like, animal-centric around here, so got to get into that. But we we should um, let people know that they can get a T-shirt, and 2020 is coming up fast is all I'm right. saying. And if you – how how do they – you, you know what I'm talking about. How would they go and see how 2020 is relevant to Gutterballs merch? They would go to gutterballs.tv, and in our menu – there you know we got some options in this menu right now is this if if you're in like netscape navigator yes if you're in netscape navigator your safari whatever you might be on your mobile whatever it all works there web crawler yeah we have a little like menu right like websites they have like a list of link like oh different pages you can go to right and we got that we got you know you can go to our episode archive links to subscribe to us with rss or itunes Links to our different social media platforms. You know, we got our Twitter, our Facebook, our Tumblr, our YouTube up there. Uh, if you want to talk to us, you can like click the contact link as your little form. Type in there. Message comes right to us. Sure We're does. We're usually pretty good about getting back to you. I would say. We enjoy so, it. I love hearing. Oh, from I love people. hearing from from the listener. Love it. Makes my heart sing. And we have another link there called support. Now, for two years, we've been talking about this link. Yeah. It says support, which means the idea is it means like support us. Support gutter balls, right? Give us and it's that, a link to our store. Give us that three dollars and twenty six cents. Yeah, it's a link to our store. We have a lot of merch. So if you do that, you can go and see our uh our our our, our shit. Yeah. Now, it says support. Maybe by the time you listen to this, maybe I'll finally get off my ass and change it because I want to change the link to say merch. Yeah, merch. So, I'm probably going to do that after we're off here. So, it'll at least say support. It'll say merch. You get the idea. It's, you it'll can be go the, and see. And if nothing else, just go to the website and look. Did I do it or not? Let us know. <laughs> let, us let us know, know. if Brad did it because, personally, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. So, but it's a link. And actually, I'm looking at the link right now and... Again, the link needs to be updated because it goes directly to our 2016 page Ooh, of the store. Yeah, we don't want that. When we were doing a special promotion around that, not to our store in general. So I'll change it. Should I change it to go, do you think, to the the the, the 2020 version or just the general store in general of everything? Probably just the top level. Just yeah, general. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm going to send it to. I mean, it took you four and a half years to change the email to go to the gutter <laughs> right. balls email right because before that it was going to your personal email and then you know you'd have to wait a month or two before you would forward it <laughs> before you would forward it on <laughs> and i'm like you know you could just you could go to the gutter balls email that we we both access you're like yeah yeah hmm I think I can well, in that. my defense, I did do it once. I tried. Like, it wouldn't work. It's like one of these things where, well, it just goes to the email you used to sign up. You can't fucking change it huh. or something. And I was like, well, there must be a way to change it. I tried. It didn't work. There wasn't a way. 
but I need to look at it again. And then so for like four and a half years, I was like, yeah, I need to look at it again. I tried. <laughs> so it wasn't just that I didn't do it. It was just like, yeah, I tried. It didn't work. I need to look at it again. And four and a half years later, I eventually looked at it again. And it. I think uh, you wrote a little Python script. Yeah, I think they worked it out between the, in those four and a half years. And I was able to actually change the email address. So. All right. Yeah, we'll just toss the blame on uh, whoever is our hosting person. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. Good to me. But yeah, merch, it helps. Keep the lights on, whatever. Um, also, Romance Planning Season 2 wrapped up, and we finished discussing um, the second book in Season 2, and we had an epilogue to Season 2, and friend of the show Kelly was on it. So Awesome. Yep, if you want to hear... We discuss more, uh, you know, biology and plant life. I need so, to fire that up and listen to that. Yeah, check it out. I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. She was great. Thanks again, Kelly. You were awesome. Appreciated having you on the show. What else we got? Any other so shout outs? How do people find Romanceplaining? Oh, Romanceplaining.com. That's like... Can you, can you explain that or spell it or... It's like I think it's know, a little confusing to people. Maybe. Maybe it's just me. Sometimes I'm like, like romansplaining. What exactly is that? So it's How like do you spell that? Mansplaining. M A N S P L A I N I N A N G N G. You know, easy. Mansplaining. Yep. And then you just put a row at the front of it. R O. A row in front of it. R O. So it's no like, hyphen or anything. No though. hyphen. R O M A N. S-P-L-A-I-N-I-N-G. Ro-mansplaining. All right. Ro-mansplaining. There we go. Ro-mansplaining. Mansplaining. People should know what mansplaining is. Yeah, I would think people would know Just put an R-O on the front of it. Romansplaining.com. There you go. Although... Just want to help give people all the help. They they have no excuses not to check it out now. Although they don't... We don't have all of the episodes up there. Um, speaking of, you know, not keeping current with websites, just saying somebody's been slacking off, but you can also find it in whatever podcast app you use. Right. R.O. Mansplaining. Romansplaining. All right. And if they go on the podcast app, they'll find the Kelly episode at least. Yep. They're all up there. All right. On the website, we're about four apps behind posting them. So. There you have it. All right. It has been tremendous. As always, Adam, thank you very much. You bet. Bye now.